Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by AWS, the world's most comprehensive and broadly adopted cloud platform. Use AWS now to lower your business costs, become more agile, and for faster innovation. Apply now to get $1,000 free credits at hustleshare.com slash AWS. Also by TagCash. Spend, play, earn, and build a mobile wallet super app for your startup. Go now to hustleshare.com slash tagcash to apply and get your startup's mobile wallet. And Caliber is the easiest, most convenient way to get hired. Caliber Tailor fits the perfect job for you based on your unique skills. Hire the best people for your company at www.caliber.com and use the promo code HUSTLESHARE. Caliber, where jobs find you. But no, at one point, if you don't feel it, maybe you're not made for it. And if you really are passionate about your project, there are moments that are hard, but the moments that are good are the best moments that, that will always make you forget about the past. So if you think all the time about only the negative moments, maybe you shouldn't do it. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Bait Young. Welcome to episode 74 of the Hustle Share Podcast. My name is Ronster, and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by AWS, the world's most comprehensive and broadly adopted cloud platform. We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast contains not safe for work language, so make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today, in continuation to the celebration of our National Women's Month, we have a social entrepreneur, and her name is Leah Klein of Make Sense. 
And today it's going to be very interesting because Leia will tell us how it was like growing up in France and how she went out against the grain when she took up social entrepreneurship in school. Leia will also share how she was able to amass a lot of experience by having multiple internships around the world, which eventually led her to meet the founder of Make Sense and eventually join them and become the first employee of Make Sense here in the Philippines. And here's where Leia will share her struggles of how she started out here despite the struggles of living alone. But just like a true brew hustler, the tides were turned and Leia was able to grow Make Sense to the team that it is now. And stick around till the end because she has a lot of advice for potential social entrepreneurs, especially in how they can develop their products and services, along with how they can recruit the right team while growing profit and social impact altogether. So if you're ready to learn the hustle behind Make Sense, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of Hustle Share Podcast. We are still doing the Women's Month thingamajig that we're doing because it's March. And we're not just inter- uh, doing the International Women's Month thing because we, in the Philippines, for some reason, we like celebrating longer. It's a fiesta. So um, we're doing a National Women's Month thing. But for, for, for this episode, we have someone super special. And her name is Leah Klein. Is that, did I say that? Or Leah Klein. Yeah, exactly. Leia okay, of makes sense. <laughs> okay, Leia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Okay, so Leia, uh, again, we we've kind of chatted a little bit, but I am completely in the dark. But before we do that, let me just do a shout out to Ar Angeli Rosella of of, of makes sense apparently now. Yeah, <laughs> she's hooked very us head up of with this. Yeah, there you go. So shout happy. out to Ar. Okay, <laughs> but Leia, before I get too carried away, what's your hustle? Um, I don't know where to start. Um, I think I, it's when I decided that I wanted to work in social impact. Um, I went to a business school in France and I was like, yeah, my dream is to work in marketing and sell products and everything. Uh And then I realized that actually I wasn't passionate at all by this. Okay. (laughs) And what really excited me is actually all, um, our projects, um, A volunteering project uh, as a student, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's where I discovered more like uh, the work of like different development agencies. I found out about social entrepreneurship. Wow. Um, I was part of Enactus, is also an organization that you have in the Philippines that okay. trains students to uh, uh, become social entrepreneurs. So wow. that's how I discovered all of these things, and uh, and. Despite the fact that everybody was telling me it's a huge mistake okay. to go into social entrepreneurship <laughs> because you don't do a master's degree right. to to develop like social impact project, I was right. really sure I was going in the right direction, and that's right. how everything started. Mm-hmm. And uh, and after like it was just good connection and people I met uh, along the time, and uh, that enabled me to to really develop make sense here in Asia also. That is basically the gist of the whole episode. But I want to dissect everything that you just said. But before we do that, we need to ride. You need to buckle up because we're <laughs> going to ride the Hustle Share time machine. Ooh la la. There you go. We are now in the Hustle Share time machine. And we're going back all the way to how you started out. So you grew up where? In France. I'm French. Okay. Bonjour. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, je m'appelle Ronsta. 
Um, I've also learned the stark differences of how education is done here in the Philippines yeah. and in France. How, how is it like? Because here there's uh, grade school, uh, junior high, now there's junior high and senior high and then college. How is that like? In, in so the format is quite similar uh, in that sense. Um, I feel like in the Philippines, if like, unfortunately, like if you really want to uh, reach like the best universities, you need to study before in private school, Correct. which is not the case in France. Oh. In France, you like have like public schools that are very well recognized. Nice. And my mom being actually a nurse okay. in schools, it was always fundamental for her that okay. we always go in public schools schools. Wow. We've never been in private schools or whatsoever. Uh -huh. And I was always lucky to have friends coming from very different backgrounds, right. families, etc. And I've always been very used to be in a very multicultural um, context. And at the same time, we faced some difficulties with my friends who were okay. like victims of racism, this type of things. Oh, wow. And it's always been something that. I was like, I, I couldn't uh, handle it. Okay. And it's something that I, I was always advocating about. I was very vocal about this type of issues. Mm -hmm. And I think this is why when people were like in business school after we were presenting, I don't know, like a internship for a big corporate or like okay. working on a development project okay. uh, in, uh, in Asia or even mm -hmm. in France. Mm -hmm. That was exactly the, the first thing that really excited me the most because I think was more connected to my values and to who I I was and how I grew up uh, when I was young. Right. So that was the exposure, right? That's a, if you look at it now, it's I pretty much so. correct. Yeah. A lot of what you did before being empathetic towards multi-racism, different backgrounds, whether it's upper class, middle class, lower class, whatever, um, you're already exposed. So it's an easy transition, especially in social entrepreneurship. You can't be biased towards anyone, right? Yeah, you have yeah. to be very, very inclusive in what you do. Right. So you talked about business school. Let's just talk about business school. Why are your professors doing? What did you take up and why was that path of social entrepreneurship the one that you chose where? What is, and also discuss what is the normal path? Um, I don't know what is a normal path. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I, so I was in a small business school in France. Okay. Uh, at least during that time, it was a, a bit smaller. Okay. Um, and during that time, we had only two options. Either you do marketing, either you do finance. Oh, okay. And there was not much more option. And like, you know, when I entered my business school, I was 17. I had no idea what I wanted to do during that time. So I was like, <laughs> stay as much as possible general and you will right, always find right, out right. what you want to do. Okay. So at the end, I took finance because I was like, it will always help you in anything you're going to undertake uh, after. Mm -hmm. And what I did to help me find out what I wanted to do, I did like seven internships. Seven so was, internships. <laughs> Can you give me at least an idea what those seven internships I did very are? different things. Okay. I did an internship uh, in uh, real estate in New York. Okay. In New York. In New York, yeah. Wow. It was the beginning, like it was before Airbnb. Mm -hmm. uh, I was working for um, a small agency that's called Urban Living. And Urban uh, Living. Okay. I was in charge of uh, um, individuals who wanted to rent out their apartment uh, when they were on vacation. Okay. So um, super interesting, super good way like to mm -hmm. discover like a bit the business world. And a lot of hustle because the real estate hustle is really about selling Selling shit, right? Yeah, right? yeah. But in New York, like I mean, I think that time was working very well. Okay. Um. So it was amazing, like to to learn first things, and then after I did an internship in um in the financial markets uh, in Germany. Okay, so you went all the way back oh to the gosh. Atlantic. Huh? Okay. Uh, yeah, but, oh yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh, it was so traumatizing for me. Like because. I mean, 
I don't know. It was such a, for me, it's a very shark word where like people, I don't know, people are just driving by money the whole day. And okay. it was like, for me, it was something is Wall Street type of... Uh... Yeah, like almost like Wall Street is actually very realistic about the situation. Correct. And even though like we are not in the 90s anymore, so... Yeah, but so the same attitude towards hustling per se or hardcore hustling yeah. is driven. Okay. It was very cute because the traders, they wanted to show me how they were contributing to the social and economic development of uh, uh, emerging countries. So it okay. was very cute that they were trying to convince me, but I wasn't really convinced. <laughs> okay. And after this, I was like, for sure, I don't want to work in the development sector. I'm not Got interested it. about anything else. But during these internships, whether it's tra traumatic or, or helpful, What were those skills and what was the realization? I mean, you already said that I'm not going to do the Wall Street type of stuff, but you develop skills. And I'm pretty sure from a generic path where you uh, were trying to do with, with, the, with, with school, you found that calling, yeah. right? And what triggered it? And what are the skills that you learned along the way through those seven internships that you did? So... What was amazing with this internship, I've been exposed to very different sectors. Okay. Um, I work also like in a marketing agency. Wow. Um, I, How I, long did you do this for? I was doing at least two internships per year. What? Almost, yeah. That's crazy. How so, Seven internships? Is that you did the internships for three, four years per se? No, because some of them were like only one to three months. Okay. And you have others that were Got much it. longer. So, but at least it gives you already an idea. I think what this internship were good... Um, interesting for me is that I've been exposed to very different type of people mm. yes. who are coming from different background experiences. Okay. So that was very interesting for me. And I was able to realize that I was very um, social or I empathize a lot with everybody. Mm. And I, no matter if uh, they were working different sectors, okay. I was connecting very well with them. Nice. And the second thing, I think it really helps me like um, develop my organizational skills Yes, absolutely. Which is keen uh, in all the work that we do today. Absolutely. Okay, so now you've you've identified. All right, this is the path I want to do. How? What are the first steps that you that you took? All right, social entrepreneurship is my thing. Well, what did you do to fully decide? Again, you had that professor telling you, "Hey, that's that's the worst idea I've ever heard of, Leah. What are you doing?" Right? But what, what what was that uh, first steps you took, and what type of help did you get? Because most of us are sometimes decided, but a lot of people also, a lot of people that want to take up something. And I've seen this a lot in, with my friends, with the people that I've, I've encountered, doubt creeps in. And when doubt creeps in, that's the biggest killer yeah, of dreams. Yeah. And if you don't get enough help and encouragement from that very start, you're just going to put it in, just delay it. And then all of a sudden that doubt becomes regret. Yeah. For you, you took a right step. What were those steps? Um... I think in a way, maybe some, uh, so I think like most of my teachers actually were very supportive. I had mm. like specific people who didn't believe in this sector at all because also it was new for them. And I think it challenged them also of like how they see the world and how business should be uh, okay. nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, we're talking of 10 years ago. Huh? So now social wow. entrepreneurship is almost in every business school uh, in France, etc. So things have evolved right. a lot uh, since then. Um, but I was lucky enough that in my uh Uh, association life, like more like uh, the student associations. A uh, lot of people believed in me. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've wow. been uh, coached by people uh, so who are working for Enactus, for instance, in France, mm-hmm. and who are like very supportive uh, with our projects. Mm-hmm. And after, uh, for instance, they give me the opportunity to join their full-time team. So myself, I could coach other um, students, uh, social entrepreneurs. Got it. So that's, and after when you enter this social innovation ecosystem, and no matter if it's in France, in the Philippines, like uh, everywhere, mm-hmm. what is amazing is in each of these ecosystems, people actually share a lot these same values and what are very empathic and excited to meet each other mm-hmm. and they feel less alone because yeah. you're part of a community of people who really want to create this change and from the moment you enter this community you kind of like it's okay like I'm not yes. alone and I can do it and you start believing more and more yourself and I really believe that this social entrepreneurship community really enabled me to develop more self-confidence right. and tell myself I can always go further, further, even though people around me are telling me it's the wrong mistake. You will never earn a lot of money in your life. Yeah. But when you, when you look at what's happening right now, is yeah. it like really the final goal uh, to earn right. money? I don't think so. Especially in this virus, this virus this is affecting everything. Now, okay, let's take a first break. And when we come back, Leah, I want to find out How did you end up in the Philippines, <laughs> right? Why from France, you know, with all the baguettes and all the good coffee of all countries? I why the Philippines? Absolutely, <laughs> and, um, and and putok. You know, I don't know if you've ever tried the, 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 the weird bread. All our bread here is sweet, by the way. I apologize. Uh, I love your bread. I love pan de coco. Oh. If you want to send me pan de coco to my office, please. All right, we will do <laughs> no Ted with things on the one. But okay, let's talk about that more after the break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCon PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph That's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. 
And we're back from the break. We're still with Leah Klein. Um, now we're getting uh, not yet, not yet would make sense. Now we will enter the make sense <laughs> territory. So after Enactus, um, Leah, what did you do next? Because now you're you're gung ho. You you said, all right, this is my this is my path. You found your tribe that you don't you're yeah. not you're not um, the minority anymore. You've 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 you've, you've uh, surrounded yourself with like-minded people, exactly. which is important. Like for me, I had to, when I was starting out. 2012, 2011, there wasn't a startup ecosystem here in the yeah, Philippines. Yeah, it's true. I didn't even know the term startup before. Yeah. I learned that on the fly. I was joining pitching competitions. Like, what the hell is this? Whatever. They're, I think they're going to give out some iPad. So, okay, I'll join <laughs> it. <laughs> and then I found out that, all right, so there's a lot of tech people. But the thing is, they're, we're all fragmented. We're all doing in mini groups. And then every everybody started to congregate. And when they congregated, there's so much things that are alike between us that it became a support system for everybody and then it just grew from there grew and grew and grew so now we're having a podcast like this uh, to pay it forward but for you how did that grow what that what network did you have to build in order to now find the opportunities especially in social entrepreneurship that you have you wanted to pursue so actually, after I was working with Inactus, I, at that time, I had to choose where I'm going to do my master's degree. Okay. And either I was going to do it in Paris, either I was oh. going to do it in another city in France, which okay. is still a big city. But during that time, the social entrepreneurship ecosystem was like more like mature already, not that mature, but already existing, but it's not what it is today. Mm. And I decided that I will... Uh, choose my master's degree in Paris. I will stay in Paris because I feel like I will have more opportunity to connect with uh, people in the social entrepreneurship ecosystem. And do they have better croissants? No, you okay. can find it very good croissant <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> it's like croissant is their pan de sal, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Next See, time I said it like a French guy. <laughs> Don't say it like croissant, I'll punch you. Okay, it's croissant. There you go. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Watine. <laughs> she taught me that stuff. Okay, so there you go. You, you're Now you chose Paris. Why Paris again? Because Paris, like, it's kind of like the situation right now in the Philippines. You have so many things happening in Manila, but the reality is when you go outside of Manila, you Mm. have still, like, some ecosystem in Cebu, um, in Davao, in Dumaguete. It's starting, but it's still very small. Yeah. So for me, I was thinking if I really want to meet people, if I want to launch projects, at least now I have to stay um, in Paris. Got it. Thankfully, now it's like in provincial cities, you have also amazing ecosystem. You have so many right. nice things happening. So I mm-hmm. think today my choice might have been different. That is awesome. But at that time, it's really like the situation right now in the Philippines. Got it. So I stayed in Paris and um, and I think, I don't know if I make the right decision or if I just got lucky. Mm-hmm. That's how I've, I've been selected to uh, advise the French president. What? Who was the president back then? Macron? Uh, Hollande, François Hollande. Okay, okay, okay. So basically, there is this uh, economist in France. His name is uh, Jacques Attali. And he used to advise many of the former presidents. And he's very too involved. He's the one who started like a different movement around microfinance in France, etc. And he was creating this group of uh, young people under 30 who uh, are very involved in the uh, social and environmental uh, activities in France. Wow. And so I was selected part of this group and the idea was to advise or like give uh, some recommendation to the French government about how the French economy could be more inclusive and sustainable. 
Okay. Um, and part of this group, there was a co-founder of Make Sense. Ah, and, and who is the co-founder? Let's do a shout out to the co-founder. <laughs> Christian Vanizet. There you go. And uh, there are actually also many others, uh, co-founders like uh, Leila Obala and uh, Alizé Lozakmer, Coralie Godou and uh, other people. Okay. But my first, first person I met in Make Sense was Christian, who was part of this group. Okay. And, and what um, does make sense to you? Just sort of if you're, yeah, you're if you're at here and you're here and then you're like, what the hell is make it's sense? True. So what is what do you what do they do in make sense that that attracted you to them? So make sense. What is super interesting is basically we want to give the possibility. And what you were mentioning earlier, like people have doubts, they are scared. Right. Uh, am I legit to actually? Uh, work or tackle a specific uh, uh, social environmental cause. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we do. We give the possibility, we show to anyone that, yes, you have to be part of the change. If mm. you're not part of the change, it's never going to happen. You can't count just on the government. You can't just count on the UN or like on companies. Mm. We all have collectively have to tackle these issues. So what we do is that we offer different engagement paths to individuals, no mm. matter if they are like a corporate employee, either they are an entrepreneur, either they are like just you in your personal life. Okay. And so what we do is that either we help you start your social startup. So we have an incubator uh, wow. here in Manila and uh, in uh, seven other uh, okay. countries. Wow. So we support the creation of social enterprises. Right. And on the other hand, we uh, provide content so people uh, can inform themselves. So actually, we have a podcast. So uh, in there you go. So shout out. What is the name? What is the name of your podcast? So it's a Make Sense Radio, where Make we Sense Radio. Uh, promote like uh, people. You need who a network are... uh, to, to help this work out. We have the best producers in the house. <laughs> shout out to Ryan, who doesn't care about us yes, at the moment. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like basically, we really try mm. to inspire people to say like, join the movie. Movement. You okay. don't need to become social entrepreneur. If you're a social entrepreneur, we can support you. Okay. And for the people who don't want to be social entrepreneur, we train them and equip them with innovation skills, community organization skills. So in their own cities, okay. they can organize advocacy events around solutions wow. that already exist because we are positive that we can change the world. We don't need just to talk about the issue. We focus on the solutions. And at the same time, we train them so they can also be kind of like local consultant for social entrepreneurs. Right. So we don't need to have like full-time members everywhere supporting social entrepreneurs, but anyone as a citizen, no matter if you speak English, not English, you don't know how to read or whatever, no matter, um, you are legit to help volunteer with a social enterprise. So as an enabler, if, if you sum it up uh, correctly, the same way we're in Podcast Network Asia, anybody that wants to create a podcast and we give them the the, the confidence yeah. to like, yo, you can be a podcaster. I mean, the, that's, that's, what, that's what we're here for, to create as many podcasts as we want. But again, it's not for everybody. Um, but the same way you, for, for, for social entrepreneurs or um, want to, uh, people that want to, go into this, you empower them and enable them and give the resource and everything they need. Exactly. To, to and everything okay. is free. Wow. Yeah. Sort of like in Podcast Network Asia. <laughs> so shout out, go to podcastnetwork.asia. <laughs> I'm just plugging. All right. So you said all of this and that's a lot, there's a lot going on. Yeah. What attracted them and how did you become part and how the hell did you end up in the Philippines? Um. So, when I joined Make Sense, uh, it was the first years of Make Sense. So now I've been with Make Sense for more than six years. Six years. Yeah, yeah. So wow. How did you start out, and how did the how did they export you? 
to the Philippines. And did you know anything prior uh, about the Philippines? I when? didn't know anything oh, about the wow. Philippines before. So the Pandesal, you did not know about the Pandesal <laughs> and the Pandecoco. No, but it was a great pleasure to discover it when okay. I arrived. <laughs> um, so basically, when I joined uh, Make Sense, I was at first focusing on students. Okay. Uh, so I think it was very, a very logic path after what I was doing with Enactus. And after this, I really wanted to understand better what is social innovation in Asia, because social environmental issues are very different from Europe to Asia, and they're also very common uh, difficulties also. Mm-hmm. So I was very curious to know more about this. Mm-hmm. And um, during that time, uh, Make Sense was looking for a community developer for the Asia region. And um, we decided to implement our Asia office in the Philippines mm-hmm. because um, we had the opportunity uh, to um, support like different social entrepreneurship movements here that we are starting. Mm-hmm. And people were asking us, hey, can you bring your ideation methodologies? Can you develop the Make Sense community so we can create more social enterprises? Um, because for the moment, the, the sector is mostly led by uh, like the most famous uh, organization like uh, Gawad Kalinga, etc., yes. that are doing a very good job. Correct. Um, but it was important that if we really want to at least solve already this issue of poverty, we need to create more social enterprises. This is how I arrived the first time in 2015. Okay, wow. And um, it was fun. It was hard. It was fun. All right, let's <laughs> talk about the hard stuff. What was the hardest stuff? Because again, did you know that you were going to send here? You're going to be sent here? I was the one who was asking for it. Like, oh, wow. I you was, wanted this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why so? Again, I was really curious. I wanted to like learn more about uh, the context. I wanted to be exposed to different things. Mm-hmm. And I think I wanted also to show that I can also have, in a way, my entrepreneurial adventure. I can also start things uh, on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I wasn't starting from scratch because there was people from Make Sense also Correct. in France who were mm-hmm. like also advising me, etc. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had no idea what to expect when I, I, I remember I arrived at the airport. I okay. landed the same day that the Pope... Oh, wow. the came to the Philippines. So you thought people were throwing a party for you because there's so many they people. They were just telling me you have five minutes to leave before the Pope lands. Otherwise, you're going to be blocked here for the next 24 hours. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, shoot. The Pope and people were outside. Streets were blocked off. No traffic. Off. Yeah. And I was like, everybody was waving at me. I was like, wow, <laughs> Filipinos are so welcoming. <laughs> oh, that was the best welcome you can ever think of. It was really, really funny. So it was like, oh, wow, I feel like a celebrity here. Like, But you didn't know it was for the <laughs> Yeah, after I found out that the Pope was Oh, here. my God, that is hilarious. Okay, so what was the first few months and weeks uh, here in the Philippines like? What was the biggest adjustment for you? Because, again, you asked for it, but you what you think... Is not what you will eventually find yeah. out. What was the biggest adjustment? What was the biggest challenges for you? So in 2015, when I arrived, at first I was staying, um, the first two months, I was staying at the GK Enchanted Farm in Bulacan. Oh, wow. That's far out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, uh, but in what, GK. In GK, yeah. But wow. what was good is like, so I was meeting with the entrepreneurs of the farm and okay. what we were trying to do it was also to reconnect uh, because the farm is far from Manila, right? Right. So we are trying to connect uh, like, 
individuals in Manila who are passionate uh, about social entrepreneurship sure. and like the entrepreneurs of the farm and like they, they can benefit from the support of these citizens in mm -hmm. Manila. So me, what we were mostly doing at that moment was trying to build a community of people who will organize events oh, to wow. help social entrepreneurs from the GK Enchanted Farm. So I was really mm. sharing my time between Bulacan and um, and uh, Manila. Okay. And at one point I really moved, so I, that was uh, my first apartment in Manila. I moved to Quezon City. Which part? I was living next to the GMA Tower. Ah, in Timog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good place. That's where that's where I grew up in, that area. It was the really scout fun. scout area. There's a lot of drinking places there. Yeah, and I good didn't, restaurants. Uh, didn't yeah. try this, but okay. uh, it was really nice to live there. <laughs> and nice. um, It's a lot of celebrities, too. It's very oh, nice. Oh, wow. Okay. No, because GMA and ABS-CBN, those are two biggest yeah, television yeah, yeah. networks. They're literally just like five, ten minutes of each other. Right, so a lot of people go there. But well, they never asked me to come for a movie and Oh, there you go. So what the hell, GM? <laughs> okay. All right, but, so is there any, what was the biggest shock for you go coming in here? I mean, again. Work-wise or Work-wise, culture-wise as well. Um, work-wise is I was coming from a team of like, 10, 15 people to okay. me, myself, and I. Yeah, so you are your own startup. I was very, I, that was the hardest for me that I was feeling very lonely. Wow. Um, at first, for instance, I was working from my apartment. Okay. And I found it so depressing at one point because yeah. you don't even do the effort at one point just like to dress up or mm. whatsoever. So I would just go work in the coffee shop in front of my house because it forced you to kind of have this logic of, I'm going out right. and I'm going home. Right. So that was the first thing. If you're thing. used to that type of dynamic, it's hard to work from home. Yeah. Like for me, I cannot work from home because what I'll end up is I lounge out in the in the couch <laughs> and turn on Netflix. And next thing you know, I didn't do anything. So right? this, at that time, I didn't have this and Netflix wasn't existing at that time. But, oh. <laughs> um, but what I was stressed also is that I didn't want to give the wrong... I was really... Uh, dedicated to the impact we wanted to have, but mm. I was also like pressuring myself, like, what if I fail? What if they think that so doubt again. was the wrong? Right. Yeah, I was doubting myself. I was like, mm. what if they think they uh, made the the wrong uh, decision to send me here? Right. So I was really like pressuring myself, and so that was like, yeah, I think that was a bit hard for me. And things got better when I had the opportunity to meet with Terry from Ashoka. Ah, and shout they, out Terry. And there they like uh, like hosted me for free in exchange collab. I was able to wow. work from that co-working space. And that was amazing to be like, even though you're still working alone, but being right. in a co-working space. There's a community behind Exactly. It. Like uh, you breathe again in a way. There you go. That's amazing. So Terry, shout out to you <laughs> because you saved the lonely girl. Oh, there you go. <laughs> in terms of culture. What shocked you about the Filipino way of doing things? Because, you know, we're pretty laid back. We're pretty super friendly. We wave at you like the Pope. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what was the biggest culture? Because France is very, you know, they, you guys do your work really well, too, you know. And, you know, here it's a mixed bag sometimes. Um, what was the biggest adjustment? Um, I, I, I don't know. What I think the biggest adjustment was for me was the first time I arrived in GK. Mm -hmm. And they asked me to sleep in a dorm with 10 other girls. Oh, wow. And it's true for French people who are not used to sleep in dorms. And the Filipino culture, because of the commute and everything, people are very used to stay in dorms during weekdays and then right. they go back home on weekends. Right. 
So at first I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to survive this. <laughs> and at oh, wow. the end, that's how, like, it's amazing. It's like, I was so used to sleep in these dorms that when I moved to QC, you felt lonely. I felt like I couldn't sleep at night. I was so used to like be Having with other people. people so right. uh, that was very interesting on how like you adjust and get so used to something. Okay. Um, what surprised me also is like, I feel like Filipinos are very different from like, um, other Asian countries. Why so? Because you are so friendly and you talk so easily about personal stuff. <laughs> you know what? The, the, the things is there that she's missing. The, the I mean, it's so funny and it's amazing. Like you're like very like, okay. We're the Mexicans of Asia, they say. Yeah. Oh, right. I didn't want to say it, but yes. For me, you're like a South America country lost uh, in Asia. Correct. And it's so funny. Like, uh, but like you love dancing. Yep. Uh, well, karaoke is a thing all over Asia. But, right. But yeah, uh, we are, super, we have the best. You love on to that laugh one. and everything. Yep. And I was very surprised because I thought that my imagination was like Asian are like, you can't talk very directly Openly, or talk about personal right. stuff very yeah. uh, often. But with Filipinos, <laughs> like, directly, are you married? What is your religion? You have kids? How many boyfriends did you have? Are you, what's your boyfriend? Show me your, the Facebook of your boyfriend. Yeah. So, uh, that's what it is. But okay. that makes you like, it's good to be welcome like this. It yeah. makes you feel like, Okay, they they accept me, and uh, I don't. Know, it's a very warm welcome. So for that's this, amazing. I think that's the best aspect of uh, the Philippine culture. Got it. All right. Now, in terms of climbing up the ranks, so you got got your feet wet, got your flow back, um, got got uh, got past the depression stage. How did you turn the corner and really? make strides for make sense here in the Philippines. How do you climb up the ranks? Um, so in 2015, um, so I learned a lot also in terms of community development because I was, at that time, we didn't have any incubation activities. Sure. We didn't have any budget also to develop our activities. So okay. it was really like, we were kind of exploring how make sense could contribute to the social innovation ecosystem. Got it. So what was super interesting is, first of all, I had to, understand better how the Philippines works. Okay. So for instance, in Paris, when you say we have the make sense community in Paris, sure. it's all the areas, all the neighborhoods of Paris. Got it. But when you talk about Metro Manila, you can't say like <laughs> the people living in QC will uh, go to an event in uh, San Juan. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. It's impossible like with the traffic. Yeah. So yeah. I had to, uh, Organize a different make sense community of mm -hmm. Asia, uh, of Asia, of uh, Metro the, Manila. Sure. In different, so we had different wow. areas. So we had the one from Makati, the one in uh, uh, QC, etc. Wow. So, so that's how we started like organizing very uh, localized events. Sure. And so we had to find out that, okay, this social entrepreneur live in QC, sure. so we can organize events with him over there. These mm. guys live here, so we'll have to do it like this. Nice. And I was mostly also working a lot with universities. Oh, yeah. Because wow, I was wow, a way wow. to involve people who so were working with UP, with Ateneo, with uh, uh, Benild or De La Salle, etc. Wow, et so awesome. that's how we started in uh, in 2015. Um, and uh, but uh, I'm sure you're gonna ask the question is like also like uh, budget wise, how yes. do we continue and grow? You read my mind. <laughs> how do you make ends meet? Because you know you can only do so much with you know hustle. At the end of the day, also you need resources. To, exactly. to, to push forward. Yeah. How did you make ends meet? So what happened is I went back in France in uh, 2016. And at uh, that, so 
the development of Make Sense in the beginning was mostly uh, funded by Make Sense in France okay. because we are really in a logic of like, we think that the Philippines is an amazing country to develop our impact in Asia okay. because like half of the population is below 23. Yep. Uh, people are really um, uh, conscious also of all the issues um, that uh, they are facing, but they are also very um, uh, supportive of each other on how can we, as a group, solve this issue. So we really mm -hmm. thought that the Make Sense tools can be very adapted so Filipinos can create social enterprises, etc. Right. Um, so when I went back in France at the moment where we started uh, to like fundraise really to develop all our activities uh, for the Philippines. Okay. And during that time, we were like uh, lucky enough uh, to recruit um, and also the French government oh, uh, wow. offer like um, volunteering contracts ah. where that the French go government sponsors. So it helps you also like to develop some activities. So that Got was it. a great way for us to recruit uh, Rachel, who is now one of our head of community development. Shout uh, based out to in you, Paris. Rachel. Or in, in French, it's Rachel. Rachel. Yeah. Right, right. I have a friend uh, who's a, married a French guy. Also, it's, it's, uh, the way he, his name is Rachel, but you know, uh, Rachel. Rachel. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right. So that's how they call her in mm -hmm. France. And, uh, and so during that time, Rachel was really developing mm -hmm. the whole Make Sense community. Yeah. And it was amazing because uh, thanks to her, we were able to develop communities in Cebu, um, ah, wow. in Iloilo, in um, uh, Bohol, etc., etc. How did you pay for it? Like someone's got to pay the bills. So that's hey. so that was how we we were supported with this specific uh, volunteering contract that is sponsored by the French government. Okay. And me at the same time, I was fundraising uh, money. So that's mm. how I came back in 2017, and mm. that's from 2017, mm. the Philippine hub was uh, totally financially independent mm. because we were working uh, mostly. So we work mostly with uh, corporates. Okay who want to co-innovate with uh, social startups uh, on specific advocacies. Okay. So one of our very first program was, and it's still one of our main program, was okay. on health. Ah, wow. And we supported the creation of social enterprises okay. on the topic of health. We also had okay. some programs on uh, sustainable agriculture. Mm. Today, one of our bigger programs is with WWF on the topic of plastic waste management. Nice. So actually, is when We're we launched... Third plastic polluter of the ocean in the world. Yeah. God damn it, guys, you got to do a better job. So we are launching too. right now right. a big incubation program uh, on this topic. Mm -hmm. So it's actually by launching the incubator that we're able to develop partnership with companies and uh, institutions. So we okay. work also with uh, UNDP. Wow. Uh, we we work with like, uh, even with uh, San Miguel Foundation on the specific uh, innovation training. Mm -hmm. And it's by bringing all these partners that we developed the incubator here in Manila. Mm -hmm. And we registered ourselves as a non-profit. Okay, wow. So it's an, uh, okay, so a non-profit. We are a non-profit because what we observe, if you look at the social innovation ecosystem, uh, at least in the enabler uh, ecosystem, okay. is there are a lot of uh, incubators, accelerators, but the pipeline of solution is really missing. Like True. there are not so many uh, social enterprises because it's so risky to support projects that are just at an idea or prototype stage. Correct. Or just going to end up as a CSR. Exactly. Right. So it's super hard to, to handle all of this. Mm. And at the same time, there are the entrepreneurs who need the most help because if you want these incubators that has a business model based on the on taking equities 
Correct. out of these enterprises. Like there is a gap between uh, these two. So we've made sense. We said, okay, we want to support the ecosystem right. by supporting the development of more social innovation, especially uh, on different advocacies, because also there are like some sectors where there is no social enterprises at all. Okay. And after what we do is that we present these uh, social enterprises that we supported to mm -hmm. build their foundation. We present them to the other players of the ecosystem. And for instance, today we have like some uh, startups that are like wow. coached or supported with uh, players like um, Ideaspace, uh, nice. Office Dev, etc. That yeah. is awesome. Okay, now let's take our last break. And when we come back, let's pay it forward to those people that actually want to be a social entrepreneur, right? But let's talk about them more after the break. Cool. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTime deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. 
As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust Dragon Pay. And we're back for the final part with still Leia Klein of Make Sense Now. So she really detailed with us how entrepreneurship, I mean, social entrepreneurship works. Now, I'm curious, right? So... Before the break, you said you you grew, so you, you've been here for a while. You went back to the Philippines. How did you become the Asia head of activities and Philippine country director? This is a big responsibility. Is it because you're here the first or you, you what, there's got to be, with, with the title comes with a lot of bigger responsibilities and whatnot, because you now have a man, managing a team in the end. You don't get talent like Angeli Rosella for nothing, right? So she, she's really good in what she does. How did you become the head and what are the challenges you exper- experience now at that role? I can't explain how I became the head. I have no idea. This I, I can't explain. Um, you just woke up one day like, I am the head now. I don't know how I got here. Well, you know, also there is a thing that in a way, like when you need to convince people sometimes, like sometimes at the end, what, a title doesn't mean anything. True. It's just like, because we live in a society where you need to have a title, like you give yourself like a, a title because it's the on, not the only way, but one of the way to grow an organization. Mm. So I remember when I was, uh, when we were only two, and I was saying, okay, I'm the country director. We're only two in the team. Like, okay. uh, it doesn't mean really something. <laughs> now we are 10 in the team. So it makes okay. more sense, et cetera. But right. so that for me, like a, a one thing, um, today with Make Sense, I'm super proud because we now have volunteers in 12 cities in the Philippines, wow. in 13 countries in Asia. We have a co-working space that is totally free for Where? all the people who work in social impact. So it's in Makati, Which uh, on Salcedo Street. Salcedo so it's Salcedo in Fedman's building, 199 wow. um, Salcedo Street. So oh, people there. can come whenever they want. If they're a social entrepreneurship uh, Not even if you're a student, you want to organize an event, you can do it in our office. Like we will welcome you. We'll be super happy to, what? as long as you want to work on social impact, we are okay with anything. We want to support anyone who wants to work on social impact. We will take note. Maybe we can throw a podcasting event there. Yeah, that would be amazing. All right. But cool. basically, like, so I'm super proud of the achievement and this achievement were not possible without the team I have today. Mm-hmm. We have an incredible team and I think maybe one of my strengths is to identify people who 
have the passion uh, for impact, but mm -hmm. also who are ready to work hard for it. Nice. And every member of my team, they have like amazing skills and they have a very specific expertise on a specific mm -hmm. um, uh Uh, sector or anything. So, for instance, um, we we have like uh, Pepper, who is our community developer. Right. She's super social. She was already involved in a lot of like uh, youth mm -hmm. and SDGs uh, network in the past. So she had like really the right uh, attitude and nice. uh, uh, like functionment to to engage citizens with social entrepreneurship. Sure. And then you have like uh, people like uh, uh, Joko, who like is super well organized, who knows how to handle a project from A to, to Z, yeah. and who is super good in preparing training and okay. training like entrepreneurs on specific topic. Mm -hmm. So I think my biggest achievement is that I was able to found all these people. Yes. And that they trusted us to join us. Mm -hmm. And now the team mm -hmm. is like, Like, first of all, it's a team that is mostly composed uh, of uh, Filipinos nice. and all our programs, we can now deliver them in at least three or four languages uh, locally. Wow. I am blown away. <laughs> oh, what you, mad props. And I, I totally agree. And um, I uh, recent, recently resurfaced with this article of, of what a, because technically that's the job of a startup CEO, zero to one, because if you were here first and you were alone, You have to literally play, you know, uh, God and like build it from zero, from nothing. And one of the key roles of a startup CEO, the first guy always, is to I to build a team. Yeah. Right. Build a team. Build the pipeline of uh, of resources and everything. But the team making is also what I enjoy the most. Right. I I, I often catch myself looking at my team like ah. Oh, You guys are awesome. I, yeah. I, I'm so lucky to be working with these guys. Exactly. And it's so fulfilling to see because a lot of people, you hire them not for what they are yet. You hire them because of what they can be. And they don't see that sometimes. Yeah. It's like, you know what? You're going to be a great salesman. You have the makings of it. I'm going to hire, give you opportunities to get that. And whenever they get closer to that, 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 uh, vision that I saw that they don't see sometimes. And then eventually they, they see like, ah, Oh yeah. So I see what you see now. Yeah. It's so much fun that when you see them mature and blossom to something else. And I think linked to that, I can share with you a small story. Um, I think also it's important to not just look at a resume. Me, what I mostly do when I want to recruit someone is I look at who is the person in front of me and do I feel like I connect with that person? Because sometimes like the technical skills, you can always learn them. Design thinking, Lean Startup, we can all learn these methodologies. Yeah. But the person like developing all these soft skills, having the capacity to inspire someone, to uh, educate or train uh, people is, is not that easy. And for uh, like to share with you a story, yeah. um, one of our team members, Mm -hmm. uh, Carlos, Carlos. He, um, we met him during a Make Sense event. He joined one oh, of wow. our um, hackathon. Oh. And I don't know, I really liked the attitude he had during the whole hackathon. I didn't know anything about him. Right. And at the end of the hackathon, I went to see him and I was like, are you looking for a job? Wow. And he was like, actually, I don't know and everything. And at that time, we didn't have the budget to recruit someone in right, Make Sense. Right. So 
Um, after this, we went to, to have a coffee together and he was telling me that he studied architecture. Um, and after this, like uh, he wanted to learn more on the business side, but he didn't want to go back to his studies. Right. So he decided to uh, work as a salesman in Heineken. So he never been in the Heineken? Social- yeah. As an architect? Exactly. What? Okay. So he was a salesperson for Heineken. He worked as an architect before. Okay. Has nothing to do with social impact. He never worked. They never coached entrepreneurs or whatever. Sure. But he had such uh, like very good soft skills. I had like right. a very good connection. I was like, I'm sure he can learn fast. Correct. And we took the risk to hire him. And now we are still like what joking all the time saying that we okay. never saw his resume. Maybe he's lying. <laughs> we don't know what it is. But now, well, what does he do now? So now he's actually working with me on all the partnerships. Okay. Um, and also he coached some of our social entrepreneurs. Wow. So he's the one, for instance, in charge of the program where with the health startups. Mm. He works with Anjali actually on, a, on that topic. Oh, nice. So that's my main advice is like, Sometimes we look so much at the technical skills and I hear so many times entrepreneurs who are like saying like, he's not passionate about uh, the, the project enough. And um, I hear a lot that, yeah, you, you can't rely on people. They, they don't understand like uh, the difficulties of growing the business, but maybe you didn't recruit the right people. Exactly. Don't focus too much on the technical skills, focus on who they are and Character if you can trust them. Character is key more yeah. than anything, right? Because you can't have zero skills, I can teach the skill. I cannot teach character. Exactly, yeah. Right. And so. absolutely, I totally agree. Now, I I, I want to know about getting money because again, in a, in a social un- enterprise, traditionally a business is driven for one thing and one thing alone for, yeah. for profit, right? And, 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 and in a social enterprise, you have to balance that out with profit and of course, social impact. And sometimes you have to really give up some profit in order to make impact and yeah. sustain it correctly. What's the secret in making sure that you hit both? Because already hitting profit is already hard, traditionally. I agree. Right? Now you have this social responsibility they have to do and do both well for it to thrive. How do you even make that balance work? Um, so for me, there are two answers to this question. Um, and actually, I think people ask themselves so much this question that sometimes we almost forget about what is the impact that we wanted to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will uh, go back to this after. So first of all, um, what we do with our social entrepreneurs when they join the incubation program is we are very clear that we are here to help them develop like a social business model. Um, so... What we do, like when we hear, like, I don't know, people want to launch an app or for instance, uh, so we coach, for instance, uh, Bucot Fresh. Uh, Their name before was uh, Imax Asaka. So it's an app that connects like local farmers with uh, uh, buyers like you and me. Right, uh, right, right. From farm to the table. Exactly. Mm. It's super nice what they do. I really invite everybody to buy their veggies there and uh, no longer in the So is that that again? Bukit Fresh. Bukit Fresh. There you go. And um, so remember when uh, they joined the program, they were like, okay, we're going to launch a platform. We're going right. to have clients and everything. Mm-hmm. And we're like, slow down, guys. Like, <laughs> it's not that easy. Yes, and sir. at that time, they were focusing more their business model on um, uh, selling to restaurants. Okay. And so what we did is that we were like, okay, you really need to prototype and test out first your solution. Yep. And so, Validate. Exactly. So that's what we did with them. And we helped them also um, test 
out their solutions through social media. And that's the moment I realized that actually their clients are maybe not the restaurant, but maybe more like individuals. And uh, today uh, they have um, uh, like they have like uh, more than 10,000 people in this uh, Facebook group. What? And now the platform uh, is working very well uh, in Metro Manila. Mm -hmm. So that's like you see like really in a now almost two years like they had a, a concrete growth mm -hmm. and what is important for me also is like and this is what makes sense we're a community of individuals right we were able to mobilize 250,000 people across the world and we are only 80 people working for makes sense what so that's crazy but it's because we are organized as a community we empower right. people to organize their own makes sense activities on the ground it multiplies on its own exactly it. so we really push for this domino effect. And mm. if you look at the most successful social startups today in the world, mm -hmm. they are also organized uh, in a way as a community. Mm -hmm. And this is how they were able to scale very fast. So that's something I really suggest because when sometimes you're alone, you have uh, just a first prototype and you're trying to sell your product to different type of clients, they mm. won't take you seriously. But yeah. if you say like, okay, I have a first community of a hundred uh, people who are also able to uh, make my product, uh, they, they were able to test my product among like 1,000 individuals. Sure. Okay, you have a first proof of concept and mm -hmm. also you're not alone in taking the responsibility of the project. So that's something, I think that's what differentiates makes sense the most from other incubators here is like we focus on uh, helping entrepreneurs build communities around them because it really helps them define their business model, but also engage potential partners and clients uh, faster. Got it. All right. Now, in terms of motivation, right, uh, you've been through a rut yourself when, you know, loneliness hits and blah, blah, blah. What's your advice for people who are kind of stuck in that? That, that chicken and egg face. This, it's always the, the, the start that, you know, that's the hardest that you need to get over the hump. But once you get that, you'll get enough thing at the end. You'll get better at... Uh, About uh, loneliness Yeah, the, and motivation, and, you know, because doubt creeps in, loneliness comes in, and he's like, eh, you know what, I don't want to do this. Right? And that's the biggest killer of dreams. I how, think, how do you combat that? Yeah. Regardless if it's a social enterprise or whatever startup that's out there. I think there is a first thing that um, you need to like, there is like now the community, at least in Manila, in terms of uh, startups, is quite good. I yeah. think you don't have any more excuse to say that you're alone. Now mm. you have the opportunity to join different events. Uh, you have more and more co-working space. So the difficulty in Manila is like, it's true that some co-working space are still very expensive. Sure. Um, but you still have some that let you come work for free. That um, makes sense. Like makes Kubo. Sense. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Kubo is an amazing uh, example. Right. Mm. Um so that's the first thing. Now there is a community. It's not what it was in 2015 or when you started in 2013. And also, I'm sorry, I might be very straightforward, but I think people find themselves too many excuses. Yes. And I think now, like, I don't know, me, I'm, I'm exhausted to hear people uh, saying that, oh, it's too hard, I'm tired. Like, yeah. I know for me, the people who are like talking the most about like, uh, I finish uh, every day at 11 p.m. and everything, actually the ones that are not well organized because mm. I never heard successful entrepreneurs bragging about the fact that they are tired or they are like under the water and everything because they are excited and they are like so focused on their mission that they are like, of course, you don't have to burn out. I'm not saying right. this at all. Right. And I never had this feeling that I will burn out, but 
I was always so focused on the growth of Make Sense. Right. And when you don't feel okay, okay, you step out, you take one week vacation, it's fine. But I think now people have, if you're serious about your project, you can't like, yes, you have like uh, up and downs, right. but, uh, uh, but no, at one point, if you don't feel it, maybe you're not made for it. And if you really are passionate about your project, there are moments that are hard, but the moments that are good are the best moments that, that will always make you forget about the past. So if you think all the time about only the negative moments, maybe you shouldn't do it. And you mentioned it earlier in, this, in, in the episode that you're always optimistic always too. Yeah. Right. So that really helps, you know, it and does. If, and if sometimes you, that sometimes I'm the same, I'm always, opt I always see the bright side of, I always see the half, uh, the glass half full. Right. And um, sometimes it does flip and I just need to be reminded sometimes of, what I've done before that was right, that was good, that I can be proud of. Exactly. To, to be like, mm, yeah, yeah, I've done some strides here. And you need Don't to stop. have like the right people around you also Correct. to like advise you. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm super lucky. So in 2015, when I arrived, like uh, Terry from Ashoka was uh, mm. advising me. Uh, now I have, for instance, uh, Greg from uh, Exchange also, who yeah. are like uh, uh, advising us. We are mm. benefiting from different mentors also. Mm. So it's your responsibility to have the right resources and elements uh, around you. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't have budget, it's okay. Yeah. It's really okay. And uh, there are so many people who are ready to help for free. It's just you being smart in mobilizing the, the right people. Correct. And the biggest thing here is don't be afraid to ask. Exactly. Because a lot of people are like, yeah, I need help. But then I'm shy. I don't want to pack the ass. But when you ask, go until the end. Like uh, you can't just ask and after you, you don't deliver. That's, Correct. Uh, and also follow through. Sometimes when you ask, some people are busy. You caught them at a bad time. Doesn't mean that it's a never. Exactly. It's probably not yet, but follow through. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you're the one who needs something. And if you think that some some white knight is going to come to you and say, yo, I'm going to save your ass, that's never going to work, yeah. right? Because you have to go get it, just like money. If you want to go make money, go get it, right? It's, you're, it's not going to come to you in a, in a silver platter. Okay, last couple of questions. Let's talk about women entrepreneurs. It's National Women's Month, right? You know, let, let's, let's just call a spade a spade. It's still not balanced out. No. What's your point of view here? And how do you encourage more women, especially social entrepreneurs, to step up to the plate and get get a hold of their dreams? What What's your message for them? Actually, if you look, um, it makes sense. We are more women than men. Wow. We have like the, the opposite issue. Like in the team in the Philippines, we are eight women for two men. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, we need that, more guys there. Oh, guys but are. it also mm -hmm. shows that mm -hmm. women feel much more, um, uh, they, they, they are more in a logic that they want to help out. Mm. And this is why you have more women also in the social entrepreneurship uh, sector. And this is why I think it's fundamental uh, that we need to have more women who are at a high level position, who are like having uh, the, the, the decision making uh, powers, etc., etc. Mm. So, that's first of all, like just by looking at this, you know that if you want to fight climate change, you need more women to take the decisions. Mm -hmm. um, 
on the topic of like women entrepreneur, mm -hmm. the thing is, is again, like it's the way that men and women are educated. Right. I know like a lot of men think that women are complaining too much. And so we are not complaining. We I are didn't just say like, anything, huh? <laughs> so you guys there, if you find, tell them that they're complaining. They're not. We are just climbing okay. our uh, equalities. And this why it's super important. There are like some mm. women network okay. that exists to encourage more women to become entrepreneurs. Right. And that you can be also like having these private networks where like women between them can uh, support each other. Yes. Around me, the people who inspire me the most are like, most of them are like women entrepreneurs. Nice. I don't know if you know Audrey from Sinaya Cup. Yep. Um, so Sinaya Cup is a menstrual cup brand. Uh, so it's an alternative tool like to any like uh, menstrual pads or tampons, right. etc. I've heard And, uh, women friends around me talk about how <laughs> Life-changing it is to start using menstrual cups. It is, it is. And I'm totally dumbfounded because I don't have menstruation. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, cool, guys. But if it's floats your boat, great. If you want, we have a, an interview, uh, one right. of our podcasts is with Audrey. So if you want to learn more about it, you can oh, go there you to go. Make Sense Radio to there listen you go. to it. Make Sense Radio podcast. Listen to it. But basically, Audrey, she's an amazing entrepreneur and uh, and she's having so many... So basically what they do also with the profits they make, they run like programs in school to okay. advocate um, teenagers, uh, like women, like uh, about uh, the health, like uh, reproduction and also ah. about like menstruation management, etc. Cool. It's amazing. It's super important because it's so taboo in the Philippines. Right. But Audrey, like every time that uh, she has to pitch her project in uh -huh. competition or in front of like businessmen etc right. they are always saying your project is bad uh, your solution uh, doesn't solve like uh, doesn't uh, right, tackle right. a real society issue it is a real society issue is yeah. you who is a dinosaur who doesn't accept the reality right. and there are still these men who control everything and this is why for me it's super important that we make sense we can support projects like Audrey like Sinayaka because that are the real solution that we need uh, today and I admire people like Audrey because every day they're going to receive criticism right. but she knows that she is right and uh, and you can see it now in the Sinaya tribe they have 900 uh, women so wow. you mean that the solution works and women in the Philippines are ready to work on such uh, entrepreneurial projects no, and, and I, I've seen the stats I mean they, they talk about how much sanitary pads a, a woman consumes On, on a year just just to you know combat menstruation even with a with a with a menstrual cup you can like really uh, change a lot of that and and you yeah, know you help the environment plastic waste and Correct. also even for women's body like it's much better than Healthier. using uh, yeah right. okay last question if I'm a social entrepreneur or one want to be social entrepreneur I have like there's a community I want to support what's your advice what should they do? Because again, uh, there's not a lot of people that know that that, that you guys exist, and maybe this opens up uh, that yeah. that avenue, and hopefully it does. Or if you know someone that wants to to do, please do let them know that they uh, that makes sense um, exists. But what's your advice for these people who wants to 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 try? A lot of them are out there for sure, but what's your advice? How do they do? How do you pursue? So first of all, contact us. There you go. <laughs> um, for instance, this Saturday, we are having like a, a one-day hackathon uh, for people who, who want to work on a, on a specific project. Sure. Um, my advice, as always, is don't rush out in working on any business plan or yeah. anything. And what I wanted to tell you earlier, like 
think the risk nowadays with social entrepreneurship is that we are trying to build like a a nicer capitalism system and it's yeah. really not the objective of uh, social entrepreneurship. Right. So you have to be careful sometimes that, uh, okay, it's cool to design a fair trade uh, company, but is it going to really solve the issue of poverty, of education or whatsoever? Mm -hmm. So it's super important that now we think when we design a social enterprise is how this social entrepreneur, this project mm -hmm. Like basically, it's always to focus on the issue you want to solve. At okay. the end, the project itself, we don't care. It's like, yeah. how are we going to solve this specific issue? How tomorrow uh, uh, Manila will be based on uh, sustainable energy? Okay. How like uh, every kid will have access to qualitative mm. education, etc. Right. But you can't do it alone. So it's super important. This way, we really encourage these entrepreneurs to design their solution in a way that they are organized as a community. Okay. And this community is integrated in a whole ecosystem because you mm. know that alone you can't solve the issue it's hard. of access to education and whatsoever. Right. So that's really my advice is be humble on what you are able to do. Mm -hmm. Test out all the time all the solution on the ground and organize yourself as a community and connect with an ecosystem where you're going to think about having a real systemic change Absolutely. where basically we are not just putting a bandage on the problem but we are really eradicating uh, the cause of the problem there you go again Leah thank you very much <laughs> for you. joining us on Hustle Show <laughs> I hope you had fun it was really fun thank you awesome alright but before I let you go I'd like to guys to remind you to follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to give us love you know we've been here for a year now just you should follow us we, we, you know we got some good shit for you and again if we did say some jargon or if we, uh, you wanted to track back just go to hustleshare.com for the show notes and don't forget to visit us on, the, on our community we have a community as well but the community is called Hustleshare Community and what, the, what we do there is we give first dibs on who we're going to have on the show uh, so that you can get involved and in how we develop the show as well and lastly don't forget to message us on our chatbot powered by chatbotph at m.me slash hustleshare. Again, Leah, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Okay, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. <laughs>